Wardcast episode 244. Go! Go! I'm Dylan Alvento, and today I'm joined by Alex Damrath. Hello! And Nelson W. Johnson. Hello! How is how is everyone doing on this fine overcast October day? Uh, Wonderful, man. guys. I feel like it's important to mention this. Yes, I'm a married man. <gasps> oh, congratulations! So that's how I feel. I feel like a husband. Ooh, <laughs> feel like a hubby. Husband, yeah. Got them, got them hubby feels, hubby vibes. <laughs> man, that's lovely news. Yeah, not to steal not to steal your thunder, but I guess we should also say that Mr. Johnson over here also got engaged. I did. I did. Let me just tell let me just give you one piece of advice, Nelson. (laughs) Run. (laughs) Run from it? Okay, cool. Uh try not to plan your wedding to happen in the middle of a global pandemic. You know, (laughs) I was thinking next Tuesday. But Uh, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. There's no churches available. It's weird. (laughs) So I did, I, I'm looking forward to your wedding in 2024, Nelson. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't know you were you guys were tying the knot. I know you guys went on your honeymoon, but I figured that was just because it was all pre-planned and stuff, Alex. Um, we had... So the, the October 2nd, 2020 date was like made a year ago. Way before all this. Uh, I uh, have my more invite. Than a year it's still ago. on the fridge. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and when everything sort of kicked off i mean the first thing we had to do was like cancel the honeymoon in germany because no one in the world wants americans right now yeah um we're doors closed can't get in uh yeah. and so we're like all right well that sucks but we can maybe make a a mini honeymoon and then a mini moon. trip to the, yeah that's exactly what i said um <laughs> we're gonna call it a mini moon um <laughs> and we'll plan our trip to germany for some other time in our life and then like we just got you know the slow trickle feed as things got worse just family and friends would sure. be like i don't think i can make it uh travel's gonna be really hard right now um right lots of elderly I, relatives who really can't leave their houses are just like yeah. well this sucks um we're i gonna want have the to money put it back off again. that i gave you for the registry <laughs> <laughs> um we uh this sucks we're gonna have to push it off again and this is like i don't know third or fourth date we'd already come up with so we're just like fuck it we're gonna do a civil ceremony we're still gonna get married and what we did was you know priest she and i close family like just her folks my folks and like three friends um and yeah we just got hitched had a little lunch barbecue in her mom's backyard and then drove to baltimore for a weekend congrats yeah that's really awesome dude uh so that was we got that done uh we still have a deposit on a venue <laughs> so that's over yeah <laughs> so someday we're gonna, that one off the books take that deposit and maybe do like an anniversary party nice <laughs> were you um able to reclaim most if not all of the money that you put aside for wedding slash the the big honeymoon so yeah basically <laughs> i mean the one thing we spent that we couldn't really get back was the deposit on the venue that's that's okay. what i'm saying like you know we can just keep moving that date around with them and keep ah, that money okay. and and eventually we'll use it but and they're not like hard set it's like all right you have to you have to do this thing at least by 
you know right. december 2022 have they said it anything like that should be fairly flexible i think yeah i would hope so Fingers with crossed. event event spaces in yeah during, it during seems like pandemic. right now they should be but yeah. i don't know um because i mean they want the rest of the money from us i hope <laughs> exactly i think yeah yeah <laughs> Um, they're like, nah, I mean, like everything it. else was stuff like the rings, which we were going to use anyway. And uh, I don't think we spent anything on anything else. So, oh, okay. So, yeah. the, was the Germany honeymoon like just in the all we reserved stages? was the hotel? All we reserved was the hotel, and okay, hotels don't charge you until you get there nine times out of yeah. ten. So, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's always it okay. Worrying about big things like that because, yeah, especially with like travel plans for this year for me going to events. That's great. Congratulations right. to both of you. Whoop, whoop. One for getting married, one playing on getting married. Hey. Hey. No announcements on my end. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on not having announcements. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I like to keep things mellow over here. In this thank day you. and age, that's also a good thing. Jesus yeah. Christ, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, it seems you took another mini moon uh after your first mini moon you took a mini moon uh last night seemingly over to a, a new uh m- mini may game called genshin impact <laughs> tell okay. me about the hot new gachapon breath of the wild like uh wait that's what it is okay yes. so this is a game that when it first came out made headlines for being a very shameless breath of the wild ripoff made people shatter their ps4s yes there was footage of someone so angry at this that he took his ps4 to like the convention it was like tokyo game show a year or two ago and like took his ps4 to the booth for genshin impact and like dropped it on the ground i think peed on it and then smashed it as you do yes um, because this was originally announced on like a state of play or something it was some sort of sony stream is when it it was it was tgs was it tgs stream yeah I, well maybe it was like a sony stream for tgs but it okay. was announced to be like a ps4 exclusive well not exclusive but like coming to ps4 that it was a big deal it's like we we got it's not exactly breath of the wild but it's basically breath of the wild for all right. the people that didn't don't have a nintendo console people noticed it was stuff like uh the art direction is similar yes um the visual effects like there's a lady with a bow and arrow and when she pulls it back it makes the same like charge up effect that links fire arrows do in breath of the wild can you jump um, up and go in slow-mo with it too you cannot do that wow um but there's stuff like the physics system at play you can like grass on fire and it creates up drafts and you can glide in it there's gliding there's infinite climbing tied to a stamina meter it's um there's even like in their demos they were showing select areas that if you put them right next to footage of Breath of the Wild, we're like the exact same area. Oh, like they just copy. topographically? Yeah. Um, I'm looking this up. I need to. It's, it's like, Chinese, right? It's Chinese this. developers? Yes. Um, it, uh, so yeah, definitely drew a lot of ire. Um, and then the tone to, to, to clarify, started... none of it justified, just to be sure. Like, sure. I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There, there's a discussion to be had about like, game cloning i I don't want to have it right now but like i think (laughs) i I think being mad that sony console owners are getting a breath of the wild game i i think that sticking point is just ridiculous like let people enjoy games yeah exactly and i i think that's exactly where i'm going with this where i start i watched this tone shift over the course of this game being announced to launch of from like 
bah, it's a Breath of the Wild clone to, well, I, I want more Breath of the Wild. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like why, how is that? How is that bad? I mean, exactly. Ubisoft caught on with uh, Gods and Monsters. Excuse me. I mean, Phoenix <laughs> Immortals <laughs> Rising. God, what a name. Um, <laughs> Marcus Phoenix Immortals I Rising. I that name so much. So anyway, it's out now. It's been out for like a week or two. Um, it's free to play, which I didn't know. It's free. Uh, oh, completely free. On. Let me just um, go over to well, Steam Well, not completely. Um, yeah. It's free with a catch. Right. Um, it is what is commonly referred to as a gacha game, uh, which is named after Gacha Pan which are the little plastic... We have them here in America, but they're not called that. They're little plastic capsules you get out of, like, yeah. quarter machines. The capsule toy stuff, yeah. Exactly. Um, gotcha games, in terms of, like, video games, are games where you pay real money or premium currency uh, yeah. for a chance at getting, like, a random extra little thing in the game. Uh, usually a fairly big feature. Like, if it was, say, a collectible card game, it would be, like, a card pack uh, or... In the case of Genshin Impact, uh, the game's revolving, tradable, I don't know what you want to call it, but like it's its big primary gets you to want to keep playing resource is characters. Yes. And these characters come from the gacha. That's uh, why it's what you're paying the money for. So is very, essentially very more similar characters. to the model that like uh, Fire Emblem Heroes had. Yes. Which I think I feel like the first entry, like, I mean, obviously we have like loot box systems in, mm-hmm. in games in the West, but I think the Gachapon specific like comparison, I think first came up with like Puzzle and Dragons, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, when it commonly got or when people commonly became familiar but I with it. Call Fire Emblem Heroes being like the first gateway drug to this yes. system of game in the West, uh, because Fire Emblem already had a lot of Western fans. So it was very right. easy to get them into that um but i mean genshin impact takes that a step further it's not like an idle game uh it's not about watching some numbers happen with your cool new characters it's it's very much like an active adventure open world it's a real deal like open world game yeah i mean it looks Um, pretty cool (laughs) it, it feels pretty cool i i feel like it has no right to be this good honestly yeah, oh, I mean, I've, I've heard nothing, but, I've heard nothing but praise for it. Right. Like considering the kind of game that it is, considering how they're monetizing it, like you you sort of expect this kind of game to not be such a premium experience, and it is. It's a it's very, very cool. solid premium experience. I will say, anime as hell though. Yeah. So like, let's let's <laughs> dig into those elements. What. <laughs> What in this game is anime as hell, and why should I be installing it right now? It's the characters. I mean, the character Every, design. It's like no, it's no, no, no. that. Let's, let's it's dig that, deeper. Let's describe the characters. To the unfortunately, I have to. I have to you say, bomb. Um, I mean, part of what gets people to buy into these Gashapon games are the waifus. Yeah. So there's like I don't know a four to one female to male character ratio. All of them are scantily clad for the most part. Uh, everyone has jiggle physics. Great, cool. Like you know, just sitting there talking, breathing. They're they're jiggling for some reason. It's just it's so weird. It's some of the worst anime tropes. Uh, also, I will say this isn't saying much, but the voice acting is better than Breath of the Wild. That's not saying much. But the yeah, people dialogue, like hate. People like hate the the Zelda VO, don't they? They do. Urbosa's fine because not because Urbosa can do no wrong, but they did not like Zelda. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little rough at times for sure. 
the voice acting's better, but the dialogue is not. The dialogue's every <laughs> other anime combined. It's just um you, the game like practically starts off really speaking with, my language here damn right oh yeah I, i'm just saying dylan you're, you're you're probably going to try it because i mean everyone does because i'm a gamer purposes, right but um you're immediately going to get turned off by this dialogue like it's yeah. just the most flat anime ass bullshit it, it's it's characters like repeating story bits and and you know like i'm the shy one and, and like flat flatly speaking their mind in such an anime direct way i like the idea of like i'm the shy one like <laughs> here are my teammates we got the brave one we got the smart one and i'm right. the shy one exactly you got i don't know the the older lady character who talks in like the kind of soft sultry molesty voice and is constantly making weird innuendos you know how it goes anime the, the lulu of the group yeah, right, exactly. Um, you start off with like a tiny girl character that follows you around and is like your navvy. Um, and you're stuck with her. She's like your menu system. She does a lot of things. Uh, but her name's Paimon and she speaks in the third person and she's constantly is she a, interrupting. Is she a Digimon? Why is she called Paimon? I don't know. I don't know. I guess she's a Digimon, she Digimon or something. I don't know. Is she a mag? <laughs> she's not dissimilar to a mag <laughs> i mean she doesn't really do anything useful other than follow you around wow. and serve as your your silent protagonist's guide to this right. world like but literally a navi rude there, there right. is there is no navi stand-in in breath of the wild though right no there no. isn't yeah i guess unless you count the voice in your head from when you wake up but yeah mm. i always thought that was zelda but maybe i'm wrong so yeah but Outside of that, it's pretty fun. Outside of all of those, like, <laughs> I just had to take a second and step into the anime bullshit corner. But, like, if you get over that and you're just sort of playing the game for its Breath of the Wildness, uh, you're going to get that. Uh, you're going to get a um, a lot of a cool exploration, a lot of exploration that feels as rewarding as it does in Breath of the Wild. Um, very interesting set pieces, puzzles that you can solve in the environment that unlock just like a chest full of random crap. Uh, all of the random crap is used for upgrading your characters, their gear, uh, cooking, which is vaguely Breath of the Wild esque. There's a slight mini game to it now. You have to press a button at a certain point to get the recipe just perfect. But um, so it's like it's like poffins, basically, right? And yes, it's a lot like ramen poffins. or whatever. Um, and Pokemon, but that's uh. Yeah. Um, also, I'm apparently extremely good at this game because in the first like free Gashapon roll this game gave me, I was streaming it last night and my cousin and his friend who were who have both gotten really into it are watching me play it. And I, I did my first free roll that the game gave me and apparently I got the rarest character that everyone wants right now. What's that oh. character? Uh, Deluc. D-I-L-U-K. L-U-C. Okay. Um, he's apparently like just the highest dps character in the game uh, okay. right now interesting what star rating was it he was he's a five star which is oh, the highest. so he's a five okay. star baby yeah okay. so so the the rating the star ratings aren't independent of the characters like each character has a implicit star rating yes um okay. yeah because that's like not how fire emblem heroes works it's like oh you can have a one star marth and a five star marth Ah, yes. Uh, these characters are always going to be 
Either either like this particular character is a five star or this particular character is a four star. Um, and I think characters all start at like three stars. I don't think there's any one star characters. There's like one star gear, but once you get into characters, it's all three and up. You know, I'm on the Genshin Impact wiki right now, and mm-hmm. I'm really upset that I'm looking at Deluke's uh, uh, page. Really upset they don't list blood type. They're really <laughs> not, as, not as anime as I thought it was. Oh my wow. gosh, you're right. I think in the game it does. Because <laughs> each character has like their own little bio page. Fuck. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character, Alex? Um, well, yeah, right now it's a Luke. Okay. <laughs> the character fair, that proves to everyone that I'm really good at Genshin Impact, guys. That you're really good at <laughs> spinning a wheel. Exactly. <laughs> Those, the popping off the, the, the gotcha thing is like, people are treating it like a big deal. Like I was, I was mm-hmm. playing with some people, I was playing Among Us with some people last night and then it was we were celebrating someone's birthday and then they switched over they switched their stream over to genshin impact or no someone else in the in the group did and yeah they were like oh i have this i have this roller ready to go you guys want to watch and everyone's like yeah 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 and they're like <laughs> hyping up seeing what they're gonna get and it's like this huge it's, it's just like fire emblem heroes or like minimized a little bit like hearthstone's kind of like this because you drag the little booster right. pack into the thing and then it blows out in a bunch of arcane dust and right you flip over the cards to see what they are um it seems cool. I don't... So... All right. So where do the microtransactions come in? Do you buy the currency that you then use to put into the, the gotcha yes. wheel? Okay. Um, you're buying the premium currency, which could be exchanged for a different premium currency or exchanged for the orbs that allow you to wish. And wishing is the please give me a new character uh, huh. system. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so that's... That's where the money is going in. And evidently, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've uh, been reading some articles, but Genshin Impact is like made a ton of fucking money in its first week. Oh, I don't I don't doubt I, it. I saw it, it was, broke, what was it? One It was like $2.1 million in its first week. Yeah, um, so it broke a million. Something like that. Uh, Which it's like been doing, doing really so well. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, you know, I would, uh, I was about to say 2.1 sounds pretty low. Genshin Impact generates sixty million dollars in its first oh. week. Oh, wait. Okay. God, damn. I was way off. I thought I read two point one somewhere, but I think I'm thinking of something else. Maybe it's day one. Maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe. But yeah, that's Genshin Impact. Uh, I'm gonna keep giving it a shot. Um, I want. It to seems cool. Explore more of its world. Uh, like I said, my cousin and his buddy uh, have been way into it and just like playing it nonstop since it Is came out. Is there multiplayer? Yes, apparently. Okay. Um, you can it's it's for limited things it's not like you can wander the same world as everyone else but you can evidently team up with a buddy for like raids um, cool. to take on bosses together yeah oh i should mention what makes the combat so interesting is you can have four characters sort of ready to hot swap between at a time right there's and like they a all tag have their system. own health bars and they all have their own unique abilities and because this is a breath of the wild like which i guess needs to be a thing now um there everyone has like elements that interact with each other so like if you use a water character to get an enemy wet and then a lightning character the lightning does extra damage and will like arc between them uh and then that if they're electrified apparently fire will make them explode uh that's that's not how that works if they're like a wooden character, then fire will set them on fire. It's, okay. it's so, a, so we are so yeah. we're using Chinese classical elements, not Greek classical elements. I think Chinese there, classical I mean, there's elements. There's also stone and wind and stuff, but yes. Okay, so it's like a, a fusion. Is there is there, there there's ether? a number of things? Yeah, uh, I I don't think I've even seen all of the elements yet. 
but that's um yeah that that's how it works i've got like an ice character i've got a water character um i locked another electric lady last night i think so yeah um you're you everyone has a an ability that's on a cooldown and then a super ability that you build up as you fight and then and then their regular attacks that are tied to whatever weapon they're using especially like this one weapon i have for this for one of my characters it's called the debate club <laughs> it's just I'll, a giant club. I'll, i like that i like that yeah uh yeah this seems cool this seems cool i'm willing to check it out yeah i think everyone should at least give it a shot um and see what they think as 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 much as i like to joke around about like anime bullshit like it's not like something that's going to super turn because this isn't like if i go in knowing it's not like a narrative it's not a game with a narrative thrust i'm not like i'm not going to be like oh oh, oh i mean they're oh. gonna try to narratively get you invested i'm just saying you probably won't i probably won't that. be but that's fine because <laughs> like the way the game is structured it seems like it's not it's not like a corridor shooter right that's trying to get me narrative invested it's an open world game so it's like narrative nodes are going to be pretty separated it's more about that uh, emergent narrative that you do like you had in breath right. of the wild what's really wild is that what's really breath of the wild uh, um is that you know i just feel like people love breath of the wild so much but there's such a content uh 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 like it's 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 not lacking in content in the sense that like that world's pretty big and there's a lot to do in it but mm-hmm. like once you get to a certain point you're like pretty much done like i i like i hate being exhaustive with games that like try to you know where where a completionist level of achievement is like super difficult just because they make it like frustratingly challenging to find certain things or stuff like that so there, exactly. there are gonna be there gonna be shrines in breath of the wild i'm not i'm just never gonna get to because it's like i don't care about doing the the guy with the accordions weird riddles or whatever um like it's just it's i don't think it's designed well enough for me to be interested in that part so i just i'm really much just the guy who's like just give me like another continent just give me like another thing to explore like i just need more of this there's also something that i saw with like mario odyssey it's like they built this game that that was perfectly structured for dlc to just buy like a 20 dollar expansion pack that gives you like 10 more kingdoms or whatever and like six more kingdoms and they just never did it and it's like that's what i want i just want because I don't want to exhaustively search every square inch of like, you know, the Cat Kingdom or the Seaside Kingdom or whatever, and find every moon. Like I, I want to get my fill of a certain place and then move on. And I know yep. that's like that's asking a lot, and it's like that can that can put a lot of pressure on devs to like constantly do this this content churning. But like, like I think instead of just having like another Breath of the Wild in terms of like uh, Breath of the Wild two, which I think we're all excited for, but like. I just think there need to be more games in the space because I think it's like nowhere near like I mean what's the what are what are the games that are in this space outside of this and Genshin Impact the Ubisoft Phoenix Immortals Rising game right so anything that's else about it. I, I think that's, I think about that's it. it yeah but and I know it takes a while to make these games because Breath of the Wild came out what three years ago so like obviously like we should be given how long games take we are now at the time where we're going to start seeing more of those but it's like yeah I just want to have an excuse to like explore a world and like do dumb shit and like accidentally blow myself up and then fall down a gorge um like it doesn't have to be in hyrule it can be wherever so it's cool that people are and that it's free like sure why not yeah i'm not a whale <laughs> you got I'm nothing not to spend money on this yeah <laughs> literally like i'm not i don't know i don't i don't have that uh gambling compulsion 
Uh, so I'm cool. Check. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in checking it out. Maybe we all play multiplayer or something. See, see what it's all about. Um, it's weird. It's weird how like games there. It's so easy to just like get invested into games nowadays, given like subscription services and free to play games and all that. And it's just part of me. It just makes you really concerned about like the, all that content that exists out in the world. That's just never going to get seen or bought or consumed or anything. And just, just keep, keep making more of that. That steam pile of shame just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing's going to change. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see once we all are subscribing to our game passes of the world. <laughs> and then, Oh, turns out you turn the Xbox on one day and you don't have access to this game anymore. It's one of the reasons I'm not really interested in game pass. still, <laughs> I mean, they do the Netflix model. It's literally like, I'll get a notification in the Xbox app and it's like, Hey, these games are leaving. Like, the middle of the month or the end of the month or whatever and it's like that's unfortunate like but like there's also there's a good thing to that too because that means that like they are paying the publishers and developers fairly i would assume like it's like hey if you want to keep me on this platform you have to you have to pay me the same thing netflix has to do it's like oh netflix played i don't know how much tens to hundreds of millions of dollars to keep friends exclusive or the office or whatever Because people watch people like because people watch Regardless that show and they will think. and they will maintain their Netflix subscription just so they yeah. can have access to that show. That was just a little joke for me to you. <laughs> I was just, like, a little, just a little joke. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the Genshin Impact review. Give it a look, <laughs> and that's my. It's like Friends. <laughs> it's like Friends. <laughs> it's like Friends, but better. You got you got four guys that control the elements, and you fight with them in a big open world. It's like Friends. <laughs> I, are there only four friends? <laughs> I haven't watched much friends. I thought there were You're five. Fine. You're fine. Yeah, Chandler no, no, no. never counted, actually. Wow. Nor should he. Is like a, wow. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that actor? He played so much Fallout 3 that his hands like locked up. He had to get like shots in his hands to like relax the muscles. Chandler's actor? Yeah. What? And then they Scary. put him in Fallout New Vegas as one of the... <laughs> characters they love him. <laughs> voice well the characters because he's such a super fan about that about do you that think franchise. that's a good trade-off or a bad one uh i mean like <laughs> he, he was gonna fuck up his hands anyways it's not like <laughs> like bethesda didn't ask it was like hey if you fuck up your hands we'll give you a slot in our next game it was like <laughs> like well let's throw this guy a bone i guess and he's an actor his personal injury if you wish to be in a video game is all i read from that scenario yeah yeah like, exactly and he, that's and the takeaway he wouldn't be able to actually play it because he messed up ah shit wait i think step one is be famous already damn, <laughs> damn it foiled again salim <laughs> uh over at uh, uh co-op apparently he has very he has um hand issues and he can't play games with a controller and oh. it really upsets me to hear that um mm. also just the thing that scares me just like debilitating stuff like that preventing me from interacting with hobbies anyway same uh video games let's talk about another game that's filled with anime bullshit valorant let's do a valorant yeah. check-in <laughs> my favorite kind of anime bullshit slightly grounded yeah i mean i i'm i'm playing that for goose i, I don't think it's that <laughs> anime bullshit i do think these character designs i don't know i think killjoy i think killjoy is a cool design and then who's the new one that they just announced sky, sky. that just looks like fucking sonya blade but a redhead like leaves it, a bit to, me, to be desired to me honestly it looks like what brimstone should have just been because because hmm. 
it looks if you look at them side by side and there's an entire moment in her trailer where they put brimstone and sky next to each other and it's their outfits are very similar except sky has just a touch more personality are they similar i thought brimstone had like a like a metal finished breastplate and like like fatigues the elements are similar the elements and like there are components to it that are just like oh man what if you had just replaced brimstone with sky i like her i like her tool set seems cool she seems extremely uh lone wolfy kind of which i like she's got like a little bit of everything the heel does not work on herself i didn't know that though so yeah that's a team only heel it's still useful it's still like that i don't know why that game launched with one healer uh i think because it's a game that's like not about healing um i guess it's not about survivability exactly um it's about more tactical decisions and and you should be staying alive not by having someone to like cover your mistakes but by not making not making mistakes that's that's what they want out of that game design i can respect it i've been learning has maybe been making valorant not for me (laughs) oh uh i don't know i i feel like every time i try and like learn something and get better i just don't think you're a guy that likes punished i just don't think you're a guy that likes games where it's one and done like i don't think like it's why you don't like battle royales it's why you don't like this like i don't think you like games where it's oh you get one shot you know pardon the pun you get one shot to like learn in this match and if you fuck up like that's it yeah, I think you might be right. It's just a little rough on me, and I feel like I'm not getting. I, I I've I've talked at length before about what it's what's important to me in video games is like a sense of learning. That's like the coolest bit of progression for me. It's why Outer Wilds was so fucking awesome to me, uh, and this the sense of uh, uh, you screwed up and now you don't get another chance is just but I, i'd argue that the sense of learning is there it's just stretched longer out like i mean do you like and you're right i i'm 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 actually going to full-on agree with you there uh it's yeah it's just it's just a longer time from nascent stage to like coming to grips with the game sure um like i mean do you like souls likes i, I don't actually all right i mean i admire them the same yeah, I mean, as I admire I, this, same as I admire battle royales, but I they're just not for me. Is what I've been learning. Yeah, I mean, I like I obviously don't like Souls likes either. Um, but I think it's more the gameplay combined combined with the the unforgiving uh, difficulty. Um, but it's like something like a massive core platformer. I can be okay with. Like I like Super Meat Boy. I think that's the only example in that genre that connect with me. I don't really. Did you play Celeste? Yeah, but that's not really massive core. Like that game's you not that hard. So? No. Okay. I mean, it's like semi, but like that game. What if you're just good at it? I'm just, I'm just, just like, <laughs> just so good. At just, it. just like you Alex just might in, be really in good at that Gachapon in Genshin right. Impact. I'm just amazing at Celeste. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think it's combined. I think it's, you know, I, I, it, it's been so long since I played Meat Boy. I probably couldn't tell you. Like maybe I'm, I'm just better at platforming nowadays. I don't know, but like it's also the 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 tone of that game is so much calmer and friendlier that like it it makes you more willing to like pick up and try again from your mistakes whereas super meat boy has that very 2000s new grounds like yeah which makes makes it more stressful when you when you fuck up in that game um yeah i don't know i also don't know why i am 
drawn to battle royales like i mean like there there's there i will agree that there is something super frustrating about the idea of like oh i spent 20 minutes like prepping and getting myself up and ready to do this encounter and then oh someone sniped me from across the map and now i'm dead uh but i think i think what's interesting about those games to me is i think it let me rediscover multiplayer games because i mean it's different than like like I like Overwatch and I like regular like arena shooters like that, but it's you know you're never talking to anyone in in Overwatch. Or at least I'm not. Like I I you know get a random go into matchmaking and casual play or whatever and play a couple rounds and and that's that. But like like games like Valorant, games like PUBG, games like Apex, like they are predicated on communicating with the people you're playing with. And I think there's value in that when you don't find shitty people, which surprisingly there's not a lot of shitty people. Like I haven't run to a lot of shitty people in Valorant. Um, like most people are pretty cordial. Weird, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's that guy that was super cordial with us last night, Alex, that also yeah. sucked. And I wish he was less cordial so I could shout at him <laughs> because of how much he sucked. Uh, uh, but he was, he was, he was a nice enough uh, person. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think you need to play more battle royales is what I'm saying <laughs> to get yourself used to the, to the, the format of like prep, 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 prep up dead. All right. Let's start over prep, 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 prep up dead. Um, I am more into the idea of playing more Valorant, <laughs> which I will fair do. Enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I also played a lot of, uh, I forget what the mode was called in like call of duty, the original modern warfare, not the new one, but like 20, 2008 modern warfare. That was like, it was like a one life per round match. It was like a death match. It was like last, last, last standing. Um, oh, hmm. and I played that. I don't remember what it was called. It's called like, I don't know. But like, I think, I think modes like that got me more used to the idea of like one and done. Yeah. Those clutch moments of like, we, you, you have to perform within this narrow window and if you don't like you, you have to know when your window is and when to aim for it. And I don't know. And maybe that adds to like the weird, like metaphysical, like realism to it, because like in real life, like you're not, you know, you don't have multiple lives. You have, you have a life and like, you have to find what your window is and figure it out and hit it. I don't know. I don't know. I think Valorant's really good though. Yeah. I think it's an, it's an awesome game. I just wish I was enjoying it more. I don't know. Last night was just like, a parade of frustration <laughs> well that match we did we did we did a couple spike rushes and then we did one casual like non-competitive match and like that non-competitive match went all right for the beginning it was like neck and neck and as soon as like we switched sides it went offense wait were we offense first or were we defense first we were defense first okay yeah once yeah. we went offense it was <laughs> they, they <laughs> ran away with it and which you know goes back to what nelson was saying it's like that game is so well balanced from like a a meta standpoint where it's like there are no power i mean there are power weapons but they just nerfed the op so yeah <laughs> there there are less power right. weapons now um but like the <laughs> the power weapons aren't like map placement right like that's yeah. that it's we don't i don't have to worry about someone running to the rocket launcher first and then like oh they have control of that side of the map now um it's it's every every round can be a fresh start 
and that's that's we had an op in that game that we got traded like between like three or four different rounds i think someone on the other team had it and we killed them and then alex you picked it up right and then and I just you like, got I was killed like, who wants this yeah uh, and then you gave no, it to no, someone I, and they died i never used it i never used yeah. it the first thing i did was ask like who the hell wants this op i'm not taking it and, like, and, and some <laughs> guy was like yeah yeah i'll take it and then yeah. like, he had it and then he died in the next round and then someone, someone on the other else team picked, picked it up, up and oh my god they died and then i ran and grabbed it and then i gave it away in the next round like it's it's i don't know there's interesting like i think it i don't know it makes me uh less critical of counter-strike retroactively i think <laughs> yeah. all right I've always thought Counter-Strike's design was smart. And, and to that degree, I think Valorant's design is really smart. It's They're, they're good games. Yeah, it's, you just don't like Gunmetal Gray and Sandblast Beige. I just don't care <laughs> for cops. Fair. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, these aren't cops. These are special forces. There's a difference. The special oh, forces okay. are an elite squad okay. of, of oh, military-trained personnel. That they, they protect He's and serve. Gone, our, huh? well, uh, you know, I'm not very pro-military either. <laughs> we can get into call of duty at some point too if you want uh i yeah, mean but, okay. but what is titanfall but titanfall has mechs okay <laughs> maybe one yeah, has mechs. Mechs. these they're not protecting and serving our country they're protecting the colonies which are outlier planets it's a whole different thing what i'm saying is if you strip <laughs> enough away you you are you are emulating the wow cool robot meme a little too <gasps> much here how dare you Wow. I, yeah, I, I, I could trust you. That. I do think Titanfall is much more different, though, because I, first of all, despite the fact that it was created by the original creators of Call of Duty. Anyways, it is. <laughs> Titanfall's lore is about like normal people trying to settle worlds and start new lives being harassed by a giant mega corporation. Those are the two factions. Like, so. <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> But at some point, you are playing as the giant mega corporation. Is the point? I'm just saying that, like, we we yeah. live in this space where, like, uh, yes, games where there are guns as the main like object of like interacting with the environment are fun. But I mean, like, you're still using a gun to interact with the environment. And I don't care if yeah. it's a fantasy gun that shoots plasma bullets or a realistic gun that shoots real bullets. I think I think it all stems from the same id uh that being id those fuckers um <laughs> and i cannot and will not deny that yeah I just, yeah i just think you can't critique one without the other like just because one is set in a realistic uh setting doesn't mean it's like like it's the 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 criticisms are more apparent um but i think and i i can't speak to titanfall because i haven't played that that campaign so i'm not i'm not gonna you should play that I, campaign yeah 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 i keep hearing that um <laughs> i i just think <laughs> I you played I just, titanfall 2's campaign no i played the multiplayer <gasps> you didn't oh, play the campaign you should play i didn't play campaign. the campaign holy anyways, shit dude all right anyways wow. yeah, um, move on. i just think i think uh you might be fooling yourself a little bit thinking that futuristic sci-fi shooters are are more cogent or aware of themselves than i mean i also i happen to think m4s and ak-47s look boring so you know that's fine but i don't think that's a good argument <laughs> like i don't think arguing gun design gets us anywhere like if you want to argue no, no, like, like so either this is the, the <laughs> agitprop of of military games like i'm with you and that it might be obfuscated in in sci-fi games but i'm saying it's still there mm-hmm. yeah and I think the way I think the way you remove that 
propaganda is removing the guns just period but i mean a lot of people like like the shooties like the root tootin' shooting games people do like that rootin' and tootin' and shooting speaking of the military industrial complex uh-huh. video games so mario super mario 3d <laughs> all-star <laughs> i'm sorry uh, what are we talking about u.s army's number one recruitment avenue mario uh <laughs> <laughs> protect and serve <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that that Halo man there mm-hmm. has had some games on PC come out. Yeah, Microsoft is becoming the one-stop shop for all faceless Space Marines. That's right. Not surprised. Uh, so this was talked about briefly at some point earlier this year, but I've been playing the Halo campaigns. You have been you have been playing. You have been finishing the fight, as they say. Yes, uh, I am five down, as in the five that are released on in the mcc yes uh which would be one reach, two three one reach. two three and odst um and yeah just trying to, to to get my my grips on this franchise as it has only been a multiplayer thing for me up until this point uh so which, hey, really quick multiplayer multiplayer still good still great multiplayer's still been really ton- good been playing a ton of it yeah um, but I, I do, I should like get into this real quick and say, uh, Halo one is bad. Halo one is a awful, awful, just like what, what were they doing? Was this like, like their first the ever video game? I, not the multiplayer. Okay. I'll still play Halo one multiplayer. I mean, campaign, I would argue that the Halo one multiplayer is kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, look, it's been definitely improved, but I think the Halo one multiplayer is why that franchise still exists because it certainly ain't the campaign. Nope um not that is i at least half of those levels if not a larger percentage are the same hallway one after the other with just different enemies in them and it became more fun to just run away from the fights because if you (laughs) not finishing the fights as you exactly um if you just kind of uh Oh, man, I'm trying to think of like how exactly to put this, but there was like a distinct fun that it, like the only way I was sort of like enjoying this campaign was like thinking, uh, okay, I could just like run around this corner and get through this door and then do this jump and like figure out how like parkour my way through these areas without having to do any combat because it was just getting to be such a drag. Speed run it. Yeah, trying to, exactly. Trying to speed run it. Exactly. Um, and Halo 1 has this cool thing where if you go from one hall one of the hallways to the next one i guess because it was such an early xbox game and they didn't know how well to optimize it uh the enemies in the last room just go away so like you don't get chased <laughs> that's um, perfect <laughs> they've got this really cool thing called resource management it's fucking wild dude yeah yeah <laughs> um, i think you look up and it's a blood moon and then all the enemies reset ah dang um and then there's anime girls it's fucking yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you spin a you pull a slot machine mm-hmm. that's right uh halo five star master chief (laughs) (laughs) put master chief in engine impact i'm ready for it uh halo 2 slightly better there's like yeah yeah kind of a followable plot this time that's the other thing i should say halo 1 story is only followable if you're like worked at bungie 
and like read the Halo Bible <laughs> if or something. If you were a writer on on Halo One, you can yeah, ascertain it, it, the Halo One plot. They just like need you. They they expect that you've like read the lore and all of the novels and like some of the comic books at this point, which I'm pretty sure at the, that point did not exist. So they were just like. I don't know. They had this big grandiose story in the background, and I think they expected some of it to get explained through context, but almost none of it does. So, I, hold on. I want I want I want to tackle this a little differently. I don't want I don't okay. want to st- steal your steal your thunder, but I think I think we can all agree that like there are iterative there are iterative improvements on the gameplay of Halo as the series progressed. I think there are some things that always stay in place. the The grunts are going to slide to the right, slide to the left. They're going to crisscross. Uh, the grunts are going <laughs> to run at you holding two plasma grenades. Yes. Uh, the hunters are going to jump into a room and you're going to have to circle strafe around them and all that shit. Like, like they, they understand enemy design well enough and like, and it got improved upon and improved upon. But I do want to, I want to, I want to, I want us to try to like, See if we can understand the story. Like, just not, I don't want to do point by point. It's like, and then Master Chief <laughs> Cortana. But I think like, I still can't tell you, uh, what happens in the first game like i understand like basic stuff but like there are characters where it's like and guilty spark and i'm like who the fuck who? is that yeah. yeah that's that's literally everyone's response is like what is this am i, am I supposed yeah. to know this guy like <laughs> um so i kind of i kind of want to do that that way like okay, okay. so in, so in halo one so in halo one and, and we'll wrap back around to reach but in halo one it's you're all it's, <laughs> Forward unto dawn? No, that's not the name of the ship. Pillar, Pillar of, of Autumn. Yeah, Pillar of Autumn. And Good then, ship names, by the way. Great ship names. I'm like, you know, like not. It, did we didn't get good ship names again until like the SS Normandy uh, in Mass Effect? But the the Halo ones are pretty good. Um, all right, so you got Master Chief. Master Chief wakes up. Master Chief look up at the light. Master Chief look down at the light. Uh, he's always got to look at those lights. He's got. Like, <laughs> he has very low vision in that helmet. Um, and then you meet Cortana, and then you and Cortana go. So you're running away from the Covenant. You go down onto the ring. You're on the ring. Sergeant Johnson's there. Yeah. You. What happened? He. You accidentally unleashed the flood. You is that the next big plot beat go deep so like the rings are sacred i mean yes look, the okay. sacred rings this this is what i'm getting into from like my knowledge of like the other campaigns as well because i'm pretty sure one doesn't like teach you this but like the rings are sacred the, to covenant, the covenant worship it you're being on it as a travesty to them they're trying to kill you for being very gross to their religion and then uh the great just journey get, yeah the great journey is mentioned a lot uh you you get down to like the bottom of the ring and then there's the flood in there and which if i were designing a giant super weapon that eradicated all life to kill the ultimate fungal zombie enemies and starve them of of food uh-huh why would i then lock them in said super weapon who knows? I'm sure one of the books explains it. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's That's unfortunate. Jeez. Just... <laughs> uh, um, All right. So that happens. So the flood gets unleashed, and then like mm-hmm. the covenant are going to activate the ring, and so yes. they think they think that starts them on the great journey, which like we like it's like some it's like uh, uh, the uh, the rapture for the covenant religion i suppose and then yeah. i mean i mean that's that's the best comparison point i can make um and then 
Master Chief says, I gotta I gotta stop I gotta stop these these covenants slowly turning into Duke Nukem. It's working. Um, and <laughs> and then you kick a bunch of alien ass and stop them from activating the the ring, the halo. Mm-hmm. And then also at some point, Commander Keys? Is that the guy's name? He dies. Yeah, the Ron Perlman guy. Yeah. Is there any other side plot in that game or is that that's it, right? It's like that's yeah that's kind of it he's there he gets uh turned into a flood and they take his brain and and use it to like know your strategy and they learn Um, about earth i think and shit like that and then they're like oh no now you've got to blow up this ring to kill the cut the flood because otherwise they're going to make it to earth and that's real bad right also you're introduced to guilty spark who is a monitor and the monitors being the basically the caretaker of of the halo also there's a thing there's an ancient alien progenitor race called the forerunners that are the ones that built the halos and humans and and they're yes yes later you learn they're like they're the progenitors for the humans and the covenant worship them right and that's halo one right like that's what happens (laughs) sure you blow up the ring the day is saved yes Uh, you You go home you finish Uh, the fight and then halo 2 happens there's another ring Oh no! <laughs> Delta Halo, uh, as they right. call it. Uh, it turns out there's multiple of these bad boys. I think at the end of Halo Two, you learn there's like twelve, which is just like, oh, okay, more sequels. <laughs> <laughs> I can't never wait to run 12. out of Halos. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, until like the end of three, which I think uh, maybe I'm skipping ahead, but at the end of Halo sure. Three, I think you blow them all up with right. like one. Oh, uh, that's right. There's, yeah. there's like a station. There's a space station called the Ark. I think that's like yeah. a like a like a construction, like a giant construction space station that builds new halos. And you meet another monitor, and you fight. Like the final boss in Halo Three is like just the monitor, just a little like spheroid yeah. floating droid that you shoot a Spartan laser at. You just hit him with the Spartan laser three times, and he's out. Yeah, um, I've played Mario. I know how this works. <laughs> it was, uh, but Halo Two also has like a huge like Earth campaign because like you're yeah. getting like you're getting a commendation like outside like the Earth like relay field like there's like a big like armada and then you get attacked by the Covenant and the Covenant mm-hmm. Covenant go to Earth and they go to Africa and then in Africa because Africa is the cradle of life and there's like a big buried structure there right for like right the, it's like a teleportation thing. And there's specifically something about how uh, the Pillar of Autumn did like a lot of... My friend had to tell me about this because he knows a lot more about Halo than I do. Halo lore. Um, I'm apparently sorry. The Pillar of... Yeah. Um, the Pillar of Autumn had to do multiple like side hyperspace jumps to keep the Covenant off their tail before got they got to Earth to like make sure the Covenant don't find Earth. Then the Covenant find Earth anyway, because it turns out the Earth has been what, like, their religion has always been pointing them to, because that's where the Forerunners hid the Ark. Like, that's so dumb. They weren't going to, they were going to find Earth anyway, because that's what, like, all their ancient charts were leading them to. Because as a teenager, I play Halo 2, because, like, I I never really played the Halo 1 campaign, like, as a kid. Mm -hmm. I I never had it. But, like, playing Halo 2 and having that game and, like... Being like, oh, I guess I'm just a stupid kid that just doesn't understand like the <laughs> real mature storytelling that's happening here right now. No, it's just bad. Yeah, and as you get older, you're just like, this is just really poorly told. Like it's like it's in media res, like you're doing a thing huh? like outside of Earth, and then like the Covenant show up for some reason and hey, we're gonna 
yeah, giving the Covenant back their bomb. And then, like, they activate a the teleportation thing in New Bombasa, and it, like, blows up half the city, and then, like, that's when ODST takes place. Mm-hmm. And then you follow them to wherever that you go. You go with them to the next Halo. And then you meet the, the Grave Mind, which is, like, a giant, like, eldritch horror thing. It's the Hive's big, big dad. Yeah, it's like the flood hive mind. And then like <laughs> and the thing that always got me is that like he could just teleport people. Yeah. Like cuz like the first like time you meet him, he just has you and the arbiter. Also there's the arbiter storyline so they like shoehorn the arbiter who is like a character that they like back into like they retcon that was like in one he's like the failing commander protecting halo never met him, but halo he, one. Was, he was leading the force to stop you and he failed right. and yeah. so they punish him for that and he becomes like this weird like inquisitor like religious warrior thing that's so, a really good description for that actually yeah i i think what they say because you kill a like, heretic right at the beginning um, of his campaign everyone wants you punished but the prophets eventually decide this is like the only covenant in a thousand years that has set foot on one of the rings and lived. So we're gonna we're gonna make you the big decider. I mean, that's arbiter of yeah. all of all of the military, right? Um, but he's like be... this punished champion, right? He's like this right. fallen angel, weird thing. It's punished covenant, right? And then under at the end <laughs> of Halo patch Two, on the elite, <laughs> I need it. <laughs> At, at the end of Halo 2, the brutes are like upset about this because yeah. they're all you know more war and and Arbiter's like you know no the the religious prophecy and everything. And, There's and a giant the, political coup within the Covenant right. for some reason because we needed that as a subplot. And and so the brutes take over and the Arbiter's like, well, I'm not with that anymore. I guess I'm with you guys and joins with the humans. Like. Yeah. And then Master Chief says, sir, finishing this fight at the end of Halo 1. Then everyone gets pissed and he's inside a Covenant ship. And the beginning mm-hmm. of Halo 3 starts with him falling out of the sky back onto Earth. Like, where the uh-huh. fuck did the ship go? Wait, and- no, 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 no. Halo 2, he's in... He's in like Fuck. a cargo bay in like a, a ship, in a covenant ship. Right, but he's with a bomb. And I no, think... no, no, that's at the beginning of Halo 2. Okay. When he's giving the covenant back their bomb because right, they right. put a bomb on, on the naval ship. Okay, he's in like some kind of escape shuttle and I think he boosts oh, he just, out of that. He just jumps out of it. And... Right, at the end of Halo 3. And... So dumb. Well, I think Sergeant Johnson literally says, crazy bastard, why do you always right. jump? Like, motherfucker, come on. He says something to the effect of, like, one day you're going to find something harder than your head. Yeah. And, hate it. <laughs> uh, and you never did. When I was in the Corps, we didn't have any fancy smancy tanks. We had sticks, two sticks, and a rock. We had to share the rock. Right. <laughs> it's my yeah, favorite that- Halo 2 line from Sergeant Johnson. <laughs> I, I really like when he uh, drops off the tank at, for that one tank section in Halo 2 and Cortanus is like, he never gets me anything and Johnson sitting in the gunner seat goes, oh, I know what the lady's like. <laughs> Johnson's a good character. S- Sergeant John- Johnson always, like- always, he he walked the line of like being stereotypically offensive, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he was like the one saving grace in all these campaigns. Every time he was on screen, I was like, Because he had a character. Yeah. a lot. Yeah. Because he had exactly. something. Like, he wasn't a blank slate. He wasn't like a, 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 a AI. His only option is to be an AI. Um, Arbiter is interesting too, but not until like the end of three. Um, he's interesting as like a representation of something of like right. lo- lost faith, but he's not like an interesting character. Like despite yeah, the fact yeah, that he's voiced by... Right. Keith David, one of the most charismatic motherfuckers right. 
in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's like, and so Halo 3 happens. You got to stop the Covenant again, and mm-hmm. you go to that arc thing. You got to, I don't even remember what happened. Like, how did you, because the flood come to Earth, because the Gravemind like hijacks a ship at the end it of brings two. brings them to Earth, and you're and fighting Cortana, the flood. Yeah, Cortana goes on the ship with the flood to like try to stop them, and then you have to go into that giant like flood area mm-hmm. to retrieve Cortana, and then you have to blow up the rings. This 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 crypt will be your tomb. This tomb yeah. will be your grave. Something like that. This yeah, um, it's not good. It's not great. I I like if just man. listening to you guys try to decipher <laughs> something that you are both agreeing on is not good is, is <laughs> utterly fascinating well the thing that's wild it's just it's i i think i i have this weird brain poison of like i need to understand like i need to like even if it's poorly told like i need to like understand like logically how it's laid out like i finally i finally re- i finally watched like this really good like layout of like how the mgs like the overall mgs plot works and they start with like whatever the precursor to like cypher is like they start in like pre-war like pre-world war ii like explaining like okay like this is like the stuff that led to this and led to this and like i think the frustrating thing for me for mgs like i can understand vaguely like the point-to-point plots in the games but it's like i don't understand (laughs) because every game it seems like they took like a proper noun and then swapped it out for a different proper noun, right? Because it's like, okay, it's Fox. All right, now it's Zoff. Now it's Foxhound. Now it's Diamond Dogs. Now it's Cypher. Now it's this. Now, now it's now it's Military San Frontier. Frontiers, yeah. yeah. And it's like, why this this doesn't need to be that confusing. Like it doesn't like <laughs> there's no reason to do something like that, to swap out names like that, except that you're a bad writer. And like that, I was finally able to sit down and have someone like plainly point out, I was like, all right, this turned into this. And then this turned, it was like a Pokemon evolution cycle, right? It's like this and this, and then this and this. And like uh, Halo, I am, I'm always just like, okay, did you, is this plot hole here? Like intentionally, is this an intentional plot hole? Or is this just something that was completely overlooked? Like we were talking about like, why are the covenant on earth all of a sudden? And then now why are the flood on earth? And why is all this shit happening? And it's like, and part of me part like some small like bit of me wants to believe like oh there's actually some like weird amount of genius here like way down here in the mud there's like a little nugget of like no if you look at it from like the specific angle if the light refracts and such this i know nelson just keeps shaking his head but I'm, I, <laughs> part of me is always just like it can't just be like it was poorly told right like there has to be something there um i think it's probably fair to say that a lot of video game stories are really bad <laughs> especially from that era like yeah like if i if i if i can't look at video games and in my personal situation pro wrestling and say like oh man this is really bad sometimes i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> like you kind of have to be able to do that i don't want to lose steam here real quick because i do want to touch on what ended up being the best halo right. campaign yeah um so really quick i will say compared to all these reach isn't bad um <laughs> reach tells a cohesive story it's it'd be res well actually no it's like right before um and it's, it's in media res with like the rest of the squad it's yeah like it's like a start of a story with the character you play as the rookie but instead of focusing on like this grand global conflict narrative it's yeah. a squad and, and like i'm consistently seeing just now that that's i think where halo can probably shine the best 
and this squad does their best to prevent a disaster and fails. It's a tragic story. It's well told. Um, the gameplay might actually be my least favorite of the Halos just because I don't like armor abilities all that much. I feel like Halo does a little better pared down, but it's cool. Um, and then I got to ODST and people already talk about this campaign like it was the Black Sheep, but more days now they say it's it was probably one of the best. That yeah, hands now down. they were getting on this fucking bandwagon that I've been on this entire. <laughs> yeah. No, I always thought ODST was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that I've played, cool. now that I've played ODST, I can I can hands down say this is the best Halo, the best Halo campaign. Um, God, I I wish that meant more. Yeah, <laughs> but be, I, best of the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> King shit. Um, because <laughs> it's again it's it's a self-contained sort of within but you know not not a big part of the global conflict just about these people trying to trying to survive and make their way through it as best they can um it's not without its own tragedy and really the the story goes into some darker places as i i like the fact that um throughout the whole thing it keeps the mystery alive while you're exploring the city and you really don't know of what how it's going to end and like what happened to the rest of your squad um did, did you ever interact with any of the superintendent stuff in that game i know there's yes. like a light like uh not arg but it's like a meta game kind of thing there's there's the things you can find and interact with that give you the story of that girl trying yeah. to escape mm-hmm. um mm. which is a really big hint towards the spoiler twist at the ending which uh, i'm assuming both of you have played this i have seen a playthrough i don't i don't remember what the okay. twist is so what well, game introduces this game introduces a new enemy faction quote-unquote enemy faction um okay. a, a covenant unit type i guess i should say um they're called the engineers there are these big floating sort of balloon aliens with tentacles if you kill them they have really tough energy shields, and what they do is, as long as they're alive, they provide everyone else with really tough energy shields. Extremely hard to break through. Um, so you have to pop them, and then they explode, like raining frags that that also explode, and it, and it's just like kind of a dangerous enemy to deal with in the, from the get go. Um, but you have to make sure you take them out before you can take out anyone else, uh, and. The ending of ODST is you find one that's been hiding because they're unwillingly part of the Covenant. The brutes sort of capture them, enslave them, and strap suicide vests to them to to make them part of their, their squad. So you find one that your squad leader, uh, Veronica Dare, has been hiding because the engineers are crazy smart and they sort of retain mm. all this information and if we get one then we have like an entire covenant battle plan battle network with us on our yeah. side um, covenant battle network my favorite game boy advance turn-based <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> yeah um and and that's 
interesting. It's yeah. it's a fascinating turn for a game. It, it's you know to go from like fighting these aliens to saving them, to go from like oh my entire squad is dead to like oh here's like the last hope that we're doing. It's a Rogue One story and a sea of Star Wars. Like uh, it it's just a very well done, very well voice acted, um, compelling human narrative. Yeah, in the middle of this war. I mean, as much as we were bashing, you know, the military industrial complex at the beginning of this, like <laughs> mi- military settings, the best stories in military settings are the stories of, you know, literally the Band of Brothers, like whether it's Band of Brothers or Saving Private Ryan or things like that. It's about like how do people survive in, in harsh conditions and how do interpersonal relationships change because of that. And so right. the fact that most Halo games are you as this faceless, voiceless war machine just stomping around everywhere and kicking ass like it's not it's not something to to wrap an interesting narrative around it's just like it's just an action movie Mm -hmm. it's not ever going to be thematically interesting it's just cool explosions and and they try to do that with master chief in in five with guardians but they also like they do the same thing again where they just shoehorn a bunch of stuff that like he has a squad then and the squad are characters you would know if you've like read the books because it's like his old team from like at the beginning of the covenant like uh human covenant war or whatever it's like people he grew up with and then you have agent Locke, played by uh michael coulter the actor that played luke cage for the netflix show and he's like hunting master chief because he's gone awol apparently because master chief is still got the hots for cortana and is trying to hunt for cortana and cortana's <laughs> going rampant his e-girl yes exactly Fair. His, his his vtuber his personal vtuber <laughs> um yeah so i don't know i think there was always potential in that setting to like say something interesting i just think i don't know it's definitely one of those things where i would just i would love i would love someone to just like really just start over like i would love to see the whole thing rebooted and just you know, like, I think there's interesting things to say in the fact that, like, hey, like, the Spartan, the Spartan program is this, this, this black ops government uh, military organization kidnapped children uh, because they were, like, genetically superior, which is already weird in and of itself, and kidnapped them and replaced them with uh, clones, perfect clones that were genetically modified to like terminally die after like a year or something so the parents would never ask questions and then they would take these kids and starting from a young age would like uh, put them through these very harsh training regimens and like graph like cybernetic that enhancements kill to most them. of them yeah anyway like <laughs> or like severely cripple them um, i see you watch the polygon video too like <laughs> oh I, I don't even know i i think that's okay. the smattering of like Wikipedia wait are you talking about witchers yeah, witchers also do this, but yeah, like yeah, witchers, yeah. The, the, is... the witcher setting is ten times better at like explaining this weird relationship. Like the problem is that Master Chief is always based on a better story. Well, yeah, I mean it was a novel <laughs> first, so like yeah. someone had to sit down and you know think through it. They didn't have they they couldn't put a gun in the reader's hands and be like, hey, like now let's have some fun, point <laughs> at it. But he, uh, but like I think yeah, like Geralt's has always is always pitched as an outcast whereas master chief is always pitched as the hero like even like random marines will be like whoa it's master chief he's here to save us and all the aliens run in fear and are like oh no the demon the yeah. god of killing us is here right. <laughs> like mm. the demon yeah so i don't know it's 
it, it's weird because i have so much like nostalgia for halo just because it's been such a big part of my life as a as someone who plays games that i just hard same I want I want something more there, but it's just it's not gonna happen. And then Infinite doesn't make any sense. Like we're like I don't even remember how Halo Five ends, but like Halo Infinite has this weird point of view character with this pilot who's just like desperately he's like the shaggy of the group. He's like oh, I don't know we should do this, Chief. <laughs> it's she, weird. I mean it, it it could be interesting, but it's also like but at the end of the day you're still playing as Master Chief. Like mm-hmm. they want their cake and eat it too. Like they want this w- human saga, but they also want you to play as the Doom Slayer and just like run around and kick ass. And like now, Master Chief's got a grappling hook. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that cool? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Halo is an interesting franchise that I'm surprised has it made it this far. You know what game has a good story though? What? Hades. Oh no. The other, the other hot sapphic boy with, with the sword. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I finally played Hades, guys. It's pretty. What? What are your impressions of Hades? Um, it's a roguelike that I like. Oh. It's, a, it's a liked roguelike. Um, oh. I'm pretty picky about roguelikes. I know Hades came out around the same time as Splunky Two, and I was. I knew for a fact I was never going to play Splunky 2. I have no affinity <laughs> for Splunky 1. Wasn't going to even bother with Splunky 2. No offense to Derek Yu or any of the people that worked on that game. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, How dare and, you? And Hades, well, you know. I respect uh, that. That's another hard game that feels like I'm not learning a whole lot when I die. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that combined. I think it's literally that combined with the gameplay. Like, I, I think your weird short stubby jump as the Splunker is weird it's yeah it's just it's not my it's not my thing um i i am deeply into the level of like creative puzzles and secrets that it has but other than that i I don't think i could play it i think it's cool but anyway i I like people that i like that people get excited about it um and hate people that get excited about it that's fair i love them i love those people (laughs) <laughs> all three of them um <laughs> oh uh hades i also haven't been playing a lot of super giant games like i've beaten i played bastion all the way through i haven't never touched pyre except for at like a pax i think i played it somewhere very briefly i played the multi mm. yes i played it out of pax and i played the multiplayer like so i, was I just didn't playing know they had a multiplayer yeah it's like 1v1 so it's like instead of like because okay. i mean the game is like it's like a sports game Right, right. Like the, yeah, the, main, the, the main gameplay. So it's like you just make, you just give the control of the opposing team to another another player. Um, and then played a little bit of Transistor. Liked it well enough. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool like inversion of what Bastion was. Like, hey, let's make it like semi-turn-based and like, I thought it was cool. I actually still think I like Transistor the most. I like, like I like I like the setting. I like the yeah. I like the style. I like that all the attacks are name are like programming function names. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like run open close parentheses. Um but yeah, I I never got really into it. And Hades I know has been out for what? A year now? Two years? How long has it been in early access? At least a year. I wanna say about a year because it was last year's was, um, game award. It was like awards, an Epic Game Store launch. Right? Yeah, it was like one of the first like Epic Game exclusives, I think, and I yeah. think it was announced at the Game Awards. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll. It, it just came to Switch, and I was like, this seems like a perfect Switch game. Love Enter the Gungeon on Switch, uh, and started playing it. And so, like, obviously, the big the big thrust of this roguelike is that it's a roguelike, so it's run based, but it's the story is crafted around the runs. 
So you play as Zagreus, who is the prince of the underworld, son of Hades, and um, I'm gonna, I'm going to get into how much have you guys played of it? I have not beaten it, but I've played a good amount. Have you? I, I should Meg. stress that I actually That's don't it. own it, but when my my brother does and has come over, and I, I've played it okay. for him just to like give it a shot. I beat Meg. That's as far as I got. So the first boss. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you know why he wants to? Have you learned why he wants to leave the underworld yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have, have do you, Alex? Do you know why? Go ahead and say it. It's fine. Okay. So he's so spoilers. Very early spoilers, but so he wants to leave the underworld because he's trying to find his mother, who is persephone right that's mm-hmm. the yep. character from greek myth yes uh, the one that hades kidnaps um I, as uh, uh, okay incorrect um <laughs> all right i'm about to Sorry. get schooled on some greek mythology mickey's hella into mythology and watches a lot of I, I, this came up back when god of war was out and i told you i got spoiled actually uh. by her learning norse mythology um the common interpretation of the story is that it's a kidnapping the classical interpretation is it's very much a consenting loving relationship and in fact hades is probably the most nurturing lover in the entire pantheon the rest are all rapey and awful uh well, yeah i mean yeah. we know that for <laughs> which, with zeus yeah which like um, even just in the beginning you can tell that there are hints that it may be more based on the classical version well, I think it kind of splits the difference because, oh, like, does it? Good. Well, I mean, that's my interpretation from that same. Tell me so more. Well, it's like there's a there's a flashback to like you're just walking around like the 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 house or whatever the halls of Hades, whatever whatever the starting location is before you start any combat, and like you you go into Hades's uh, like death drawer and you find a note like from Persephone. And the way it's because, I mean, she leaves, she runs away. So, but she does write with like a very kind like demeanor and they, they, they do voiceover for it. So I think it's like, yes, it might've been consensual when she like came to the underworld, but maybe she, she left on bad terms. So maybe it's it's also an important part of both interpretations that she's only there for like the fall and winter that that's right. She's, she is the, um, What's the the avatar of the seasons essentially is what she becomes mm. in Greek mythology. Is she over, immortal? At large. Is she a mortal? Yes. With a question mark. Um, I think so. Maybe like a the, titan, the, a demigod. It, it's like she gets taken to Hades to become his bride, um, and Hades agrees because she like doesn't enjoy it there in hell. Um, who would? Uh, she agrees, or, or rather, he agrees to let her return to her home, but only if she hadn't eaten anything. And I believe the common interpretation is like she merely suckled at a pomegranate seed, just uh, that. And so he's like, okay, you can go back for like half the year. And that's, and then she becomes like the cold seasons or the war. When she returns to hell, it becomes cold or maybe it becomes warm. I forget which one it is exactly, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember pomegranates playing a part in some, myth and it's interesting that pomegranates are a an item in in hades it's like an it's an upgrade item for i think your skills it's hard to tell because there are so many uh different like currencies and stuff there's like the, the attempt currency when you're going through a run and then like a permanent currency that you that you keep 
per run. But what I like is I like its interpretation in Greek mythology. Like yeah. Yeah. so much of, of you know, when Greek mythology is co-opted, whether it's God of War or, or whatever, um, they only focus on the big players. Like, okay, here's Poseidon, here's Zeus, here's Aphrodite, here's Ares. And it's like, everyone knows these guys. Everyone learned them in elementary school. Ares is the god of war. Poseidon's the god of the sea. Zeus is the god of thunder and lightning. He's also the king god. And, like, they have those people. But, like, they are, in a lot of ways, like, side characters. Like, they're not the main thrust. So, like, every time you go to Hades, like, you have, like, a posse back in Hades that, like, you kind of do the rounds and talk to every time you lose and die. So it's like Hades is there and he's like, just kind of like this pencil pusher. Like he's just like bored. He has to like constantly like maintain order in the underworld. And he sits at this giant desk and stamps papers. Um, but then you have like hypnos who is not a God, but in sleep incarnate, which is what they describe him. So like every character, like when they, you talk to them, they have like a little uh, name plate and it'll be like hypnos sleep incarnate or there's nyx who is night incarnate um there's chaos who is he's called like the primordial originator or something Mm -hmm. that that you meet um after a couple runs and he like he lives in like the very deepest darkest bowels of the underworld and you kind of like stumble into him and he talks in like this weird like they put like chromatic aberration on his character portrait so he shimmers and reflects and he has like eyes like placed all over his body and like you talked about meg nelson so like megara is megara you might know from the hercules animated movie is like the love interest but in this in classical mythology she's one of the furies um and then there's like sisyphus you run into sisyphus every once in a while and he'll give you just like an extra healing item and he's just standing there with his giant ass boulder and he's like hey what's going on prince just you know <laughs> taking a break <laughs> and there's a bunch Chill, of characters I, I, haven't, I haven't met yet and like you it, but it also like you go to the, the first level is tartarus which is like the classical like underworld and then you go to uh, elysium which is like <laughs> i remember in the hercules cartoon it was referred to as like the swankiest uh, country club in the universe because it's like it's <laughs> it's it's the greek version of valhalla it's where all the heroes go to rest after they die um and it's also uh and each one is is surrounded by a different river of the underworld so like everyone knows the river sticks but there's also the river phlegathon which is like the fiery river there's a river which Lethe, used to be fields or something like that right like it, it like one of the i think it's the second level is is like the uh, fiery like like uh level and like river phlegathon has like set it all ablaze and so you're always being careful of like catching yourself on fire the river lethe wraps around um elysium river lethe uh in greek mythology if you touch it you lose your memory uh which is where we get the word uh lethargic from comes from the yeah. river lethe um it's just really cool it's just really dedicated to like covering more than just like the uh olympus the Pantheon. broad strokes or whatever right. yeah, yeah. I also feel like it would be remiss not to touch on their very cool interpretation of Greek gods not being Greek gods because they were Greek, but because they were worshipped by Greeks, and thus opening it up to uh, a very diverse cast. <laughs> yeah, I think I all the character portraits look great. Yeah, that that was, I believe, what their creative director said himself. Was That's like, really cool. Yeah. I also learned that Darren Korb, the uh, composer for the game, voices Zagreus, and then Hypnos is voiced by Greg Kasavin. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
That's really cool. Because I know yeah. Darren Corb's been doing. I think we already knew Darren Corb had a hot, had a hot voice. So. <laughs> I know he's been doing all of the Super Giant music. I didn't know he also had a hot voice. <laughs> it also has that classical like uh, Super Giant style. I mean, it's 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 isometric style of combat, and then it also has it has a it has a narrator. Uh, unlike Bastion or those other games, like the narrator, like Zagreus, like can hear the narrator. And we'll always say something sarcastic back to the narrator when he's like when you interact with stuff. Um, <laughs> it's pretty great. Very very cool. Uh, there are like little nodes, like little shimmering little like pinpoints, like gold pinpoints where you can see you can interact with something in the world. And I always overlook them just because like there's a lot of visual like stuff going on, so it's really easy like all the particle effects and everything in that game. But it's still, despite that, it's still uh, relatively easy to see what's going on but like every every god so basically how the game works is so it's run based there are a couple weapons that you unlock over time you have currency the cthulian cthulian there's a word money cathonic cathonic yes yeah why didn't you just say that the first time (laughs) (laughs) it's this word that describes basically like uh, deities of the underworld, which I was not mm-hmm. familiar with, but like the Chthonic keys. Um, oh, Chthonic literally means subterranean. Um, oh. But like you get these like Chthonic keys that you use to like upgrade yourself. So like Nyx gifts you, uh, or no, there. It's oddly comical this game because like you get like a work crew at one point that are like a bunch of ghosts of the underworld and they're all wearing hard hats and like you spend currency to like unlock stuff in in the halls of hades to like, like make it nicer for the right. guests but you also unlock stuff for like your bed chambers to like improve yeah. them so like one of the things is like uh this mirror which allows you to unlock permanent unlocks for your character so it's like you know you have a casting slot that only has one pip of ammo and you can upgrade that up to three and you can like make it so that every time you enter you leave a room uh you get a little bit of health back um and unlike other roguelikes you can't go back so every time you clear a room you can only go forward uh and then it locks off the the previous chamber to you and like that's right and every door basically has like a an icon for what you'll get once you clear that room so it'll be like oh in this one you'll get a centaur heart which permanently increases your health or in this one you'll get a chthonic key or this one you'll get like a little bit of health back or this one you'll get a boon and so like the big thing about this are the boons and the boons permanently alter for that run uh one of your attack so you have the you have the light attack you have that or you have a you have a regular attack this is what they call it the regular and a special and i constantly get those mixed up because i constantly use my special more than my regular attack for most weapons so i just oh, really uh, yeah i was doing that too honestly yeah so <laughs> i'm like oh it this upgrades my regular attack that's obviously this one especially with like the arrow or the bow because the bow special i think is like the the one that like shoots out a fan of them and I use that constantly to like just get some semblance of crowd control. Uh, and so so you can upgrade your regular, your special, your dash. So you have a dash and then also your cast, which is like a throw that you kind of charge up. And you can upgrade these boons with like all the different deities. And they all have like basically like a almost like an elemental kind of uh, 
uh, basis around all of them. They all so if you get all Ares attacks or all boons from Ares, they all have like similar stuff. Um, and it's like Doom or something like that. Where yeah, it's like, which is yeah, yeah. One of, so one of my favorite attacks. Let me look them up. Actually, yeah. Ares so like effects. So like Ares can Ares uh, boons either do like a I think he's called like a blade pool or a blade oh, whirlwind yeah. blade or something. Vortex. Yeah. And it like it just summons this thing that spins around and does damage to enemies that stand in it. Or it does a thing called Doom, which is basically like a a timed curse that like after a couple seconds, it'll do like a big hit of damage after you hit someone with it. So it's like, oh, I'm going to do my. So I would do this a lot with the bow special. I would do like a fan attack with Doom equipped and it would hit a bunch of enemies and then after a second or two it would like just hit them for a bunch of damage and i could easily clear a room with that or take down a, a boss and like so there's a boss every every level in the uh, of the underworld. the underworld yeah so it's like the first one is meg and onwards so the breakdown alphabetically of like what what each god's boons do and i'll just do this quick aphrodite uh aphrodite boons are uh inflict weak and charmed as well as improve survivability. Ares boons inflict doom, create blade rifts, and increase the damage. Artemis boons grant critical hits and improve cast abilities. Makes sense. It's also cool because all of these they're thematic. They're oh, mm. it's, it's, mwah, mwah. I, I love rarely when, like, see Artemis. Just makes sense. I've seen Artemis a bunch actually. I haven't seen Athena a lot. So Athena gives boons that allow abilities oh, to deflect projectiles yeah. and improve various defensive options. I'm I'm very convinced that the deflect boon for your dash is a little overpowered because Ooh, I, I always I always one. go for that one because you can just dash around. Like if someone's attacking you, the your default is to dash out of the way, and that if someone throws a projectile at you, I'll dash out of the way, and they'll also deflect it back to them and hit them. So it's like you're constantly, even when you're on the defense, you'll constantly be doing damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chaos gives boons that grant a variety of bonuses after inflicting a debuff for several encounters. Oh, interesting. So Chaos is just weird. Yeah, well, he's chaos. He's literally chaos. Yeah. But like, when, yeah. and you can optionally choose one of his boons. But when you choose one of his boons, also to get the chaos's realm, so like a portal will open up in a random room, and you can tell like this takes you to chaos's realm where you can choose a boon. You have to sacrifice some of your health to even go to his realm. So you go down into the pits of the underworld, and he will, or they, they, they use they them pronouns, um, and they will let you choose from a boon but it'll tell you like okay this is how this is the debuff you'll get and this is how long it'll last for and the debuff can be something like enemies do more damage for the next three encounters or enemies there are 20 percent more enemies in an encounter room for the next five encounters and then i'll tell you what the what the buff is you get afterwards so you don't get the buff immediately you have to survive through those encounters first and then you get the buff and so the rest of them, are, like he said, are really thematic. Uh, Zeus gives chain lightning attacks. Dionysus gives boons that inflict hangover, which I thought was good. Yeah, the hangover, <laughs> attack, um, the hangover can good. be really powerful, especially if you attach it to your cast because it like creates like a really big like cloud of like confusing mist. And so people getting stuck on that can like I think they get slowed and stunned, and also like are take more damage if they're in it. Like the hangover move from uh, Okami. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> being someone that hasn't played okami um but yeah they're just they're just they're just really really good and like and in that classic super giant you know narrative first style 
whenever you meet one of the gods, they always have something unique to say and they always help continue your story along. And so like you'll meet one and they'll be like, you know, Dionysus talks in like this very like laid back style. It's like, Zag, my man, how's it going? What do you, what do you need today, buddy? <laughs> or like if you find their boon. So Charon also plays a big uh, part who is the, you know, the Stygian boatman, as they describe him, Stygian being a, a, the adjective form of the river Styx. Um, he he do, he just growls at you. He doesn't have a voice. and But also, like, if you find a boon in his shop, because he is the de facto shopkeeper in the game, uh, the, the god will always be like, Zag, fancy seeing you here. That Charon guy is like a bit of a stiff, you know, he's a, he's a wet blanket. I don't like him. Um, and they're like a little chuff that you, like, that they're like being sold <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> um, but yeah, but also like there's, there's this weird, and this is just me guessing. I, I can't say for certain, but like there's this weird, uh, it seems so all the gods are like, they they give you these boons cause they want you to get out of the underworld. They're like, join us on Mount Olympus. Like we want you here. Like your dad's like, you know, your dad's boring. Like he's just trying to stifle you. But the way they push on it, makes me think there's like this really weird thing at play here that you're going to like you're going to get out of the underworld and there's going to be some really bad twist where it's like we want you for your powers or your god blood or like we're not actually that interested in you we just wanted to screw your dad over like every like they all speak with like this weird like the sinister undercurrent because just the just how much how much pressure they seem to be putting on you to get you out of the underworld so i'm excited to like eventually beat the game which people are beat like this isn't like enter the gungeon where it's like oh after you do you know 200 runs you'll finally beat the elder dragon it's like oh no after 30 runs i beat this game or i i i I got out of the underworld for the first time because even after you get out of the underworld apparently the story keeps going and you can keep going through runs and you'll unlock more and more and there are characters like people are sharing screenshots of this game of characters i haven't even seen yet and i'm like (laughs) getting kind of frustrated because like i i want to i want to see who these characters are so what are you doing here man get back in that game that's true well <laughs> i i stopped playing it once i started playing mario 3d all-stars oh boy so how's <laughs> mario 3d all-stars then? it's great oh, okay mario have you heard of him no uh, it, no tell me about mario it's a him i'm good actually thanks do you guys not like mario I think I'm okay I, with Mario. I like Mario. I want them to do more with the license, but that's what I want everybody to do with a license that has done primarily the same thing. You want more Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Sure. I don't know. Give me a Mario game. Give me a Peach game. Give me a Daisy game. Mostly give me a Daisy game. You want <laughs> Super Princess Daisy? Yes. I'm into that. They should make more Super Princess Peach. Yes. Do people like that game? I yeah, never played it. That was a great game. I think people liked it and they were still really bothered by the crying aspect, which, you know, is crying like a a mechanic in that. Yeah. Like one of her abilities is she just cries. Really? Yes. It's like her powers were her emotions. If I recall, like you had angry peach and crying, sad peach and happy peach. And like, depending on what mood she was in, she could do different things. Interesting. Yeah, uh, which it's a little, it's a when I odd. say that out loud, I can kind of see the okay. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maybe that could have been done a little better. So yeah, how's that uh, re-release? Huh? 
So so wait what what do you, wait Nelson what's your favorite Mario game? If we're talking if we're talking Ooh. core mainline Mario and so two D or three D so that's Super Mario Brothers all the way up to Mario Odyssey. You want me to do one for each? No 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 just okay. overall. Or you can do one for each. I don't care. I'm just curious. Over, I'm, I'm getting overall it, might be measuring one of the galaxies. Really, it might be Galaxy One. Okay. Or it might just be sixty four. Okay. Well, you, Alex, you, you're a 64 man, aren't you? I am a 64 man, um, with Odyssey being pretty close. Okay. Go ahead and say... I, I agree there. Mario 64 is the worst game in this bundle. <laughs> okay. Wow. I think what? it probably hasn't aged Fair. as well. It is not aged. Mm-mm. My entire reasoning is that I don't think any of the Mario games ever got as creative as 64 did again. that That's interesting you say. So, I mean, okay... Sunshine did great with its movement. I'm talking purely from like a level perspective. All of those levels in 64 bring about brand new ideas and and we're just fun puzzle boxes to explore. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I would argue I would argue Sunshine does that as well. What's So what's weird about so Sunshine is definitely my favorite um of all the of all, of the 3D Mario's. 2D Mario 3, I think is my favorite. But um there's this weird hatred for sunshine uh, in a lot of circles. Not exactly sure why. I think partially. I read this really cool article by Dylan Elvento. <laughs> I don't think it's that well written, honestly. I think that that piece I wrote is pretty rambling. But I I did want to get my words on paper because I think it's because uh, I mean like we've talked about the it's fucking bullshit that so many people don't like this game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just, just copy and paste a hundred times. No, but I mean like Alex, we've talked about how like there's like weird there's a weird backlash to like wind waker. Right. And yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that also like, I think sunshine also has that, like, I think the experimentation that uh, dominated the GameCube era and that goes to wind waker as well as Mario sunshine and also things like WarioWare and Luigi's mansion. Like we got a lot of interesting properties and ideas in that era that Nintendo is just kind of recycling more and more um like we're on luigi's mansion 3 now which i'm not bashing luigi's mansion but like they're not doing that stuff anymore they're not creating those new experimental ideas especially now in light of like them nintendo seemingly locking down characters being created in the in the mario universe but so so mario 3d uh all stars is mario 64 it's mario sunshine and mario galaxy 1 not 2 nor was Mario Galaxy 2 showcased on that reel that they had when they announced this game. So weird. Seemingly thinking Nintendo wiping that game off the face of the earth. I don't know why they refused to acknowledge Mario Galaxy 2. Very weird. Um, but Sunshine, to me, it just has so much originality to it. So it's Mario 64 like is the first 3D polygonal Mario and it's like it's groundbreaking it's one of the first 3D platformers it it was a trailblazer in that way etc cetera, etc cetera. it it <laughs> I don't I don't think it's aged particularly well especially in the camera department uh and people love to rail against the camera in Mario Sunshine and the platforming and Flood people love to hate on Flood um but the camera in Mario 64 is very strange 
It's very strange. It definitely reeks of like company that was not looking at other people doing 3D cameras at the time and just tried to figure it out on their own. Right. Because, I mean, that's that's still been like the Nintendo mantra forever. Like, like, why why would we do what everyone else is doing? We're Nintendo. (laughs) But it's like it has two modes, which I didn't know. Like it has the Lakitu mode where it just Mm -hmm. like auto corrects. Depending, like, if Lakitu, like, collides into some geometry, it's going to spin the camera, which is really disorienting, especially when you're, like, trying to, like, do precision platforming. And then you have the Mario mode where you you have full 3D control of the camera. Well, not full 3D because it spins in, like, 90-degree increments, I think. Um, but neither of them are, like, super perfect. Like, the Lakitu mode is bad in like really open areas because you're like you're trying to run to a place and then the camera will like pivot around 180 and then you've lost all sense of direction and then the free form like player control camera is really bad in like really tight corridors like that area in the castle where you have to chase after the rabbit um mm-hmm. because like you're doing these like tight 90 90 degree turns in in the hallways and like the camera's not following you immediately and i think the game ignoring that i think the game still like possesses this like magical quality that i think you were kind of touching on alex where it's like it's still like going into like the flying cap tower and flying around the sky and getting the red coins like still has this amazing magical like childhood wonder to it the the levels of like intricacy the 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 layers that each level can have like uh, i'm trying to remember exactly what it is but like wet dry world learning that there's like a whole nother half to that level based on you know how the water is raised or lowered and finding like an underground city um the the level that's like different depending on which size portrait you go into and like exploring it as a giant mario versus a tiny mario i i just think like these are ideas that made mario really special to me and I've always been kind of disappointed that Nintendo never really did more like that. Odyssey was like as close as we've gotten. And so I think far. Nintendo for the 3D mainline Mario's uh, is mostly just interested in returning to the motifs of 64 because everyone because 64 was such a you know watershed moment that like outside of Sunshine, every 3D Mario game is like okay, we're gonna go to Pe- we're gonna get a letter from Peach. And then we're going to go to Peach's castle and then something's going to happen to Peach's castle and Bowser's going to show up. And none of that happens in Sunshine because Sunshine, like they're going to Isle Delfino and they're going on vacation and there's voice acting and Peach has a voice and she like speaks and, and has like she has interests in and in, in a character outside of just being a damsel in distress. And then it, it's exactly like we've been saying about. I don't know, Wind Waker and Sunshine creating these really cool experiments that could have taken the series in bold new directions, but then fans just being like, well, this isn't what I wanted. And then so they just immediately 180 and were like, all right, we'll go back to whatever the hell this nostalgia thing you want. And like made Twilight Princess, which was Ocarina again, and Galaxy, which was like, you know, 64. More motifs. It's, it's yeah. 64, but more pared down. So like Mario Galaxy is the only Mario game that I have like come close to 100%ing. And I think that's because they give you just so much. They guide you along so much in that game about like what you need to do next. Like they will tell you it's like, okay, you need to go back to this world and there's a hidden there's a hidden star in this world that you missed, which is great. I I mean I really appreciate that, but it also loses that sense of self-discovery. So like as a completionist, I love Galaxy. As like 
an explorer, Mario Galaxy doesn't really have a lot. Like, yes, the planetoid physics are like really cool and it's like really, really fun and trippy to do that stuff, but it's like they there there's no like there's no meat on them bones in terms of like feeling like you're in a lived in world. Whereas Al Delfino like felt like a place. It felt like a place you went to and you explored and existed before Mario was there and long after he leaves. Like, but the galaxy levels, it's just like, well, here's a bunch of, you know, blocks floating in space and you're going to go and mess around with them. And, 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 and that, and that idea got even worse in 3d world, which is probably my least favorite 3d Mario game because it's like, it is so stripped down in mechanical. It is so much just like, all right, run this path and do these and do these platforming challenges. And that's it. There's no exploration. There's no sense of wonder. There's no unique, interesting worlds. And they got back to that with Odyssey, but like, I, I mean, I feel like Odyssey is like the most like. Uh, uh, concessions to every it, it's, it's got everything for everyone right it's got you know yeah peach's castle is there for those fuckers that are still obsessed with mario 64 it's got the exploration and like the ideas of of sunshine but it doesn't really have the storytelling of sunshine and then it has like the what galaxy was kind of hitting on with like the oh there's you got to explore you got to be exhaustive with your exploration find every nook and cranny to get all these power moons and like but it's literally exhaustive. Like I, I, I get exhausted trying to find every power moon in, in Odyssey. Like it's, it's impossible. Like I'll never get every power moon. And it's like, it's just like what I was saying about breath of the wild, where there's a certain point where I just give up where it's like, okay, this is, there's, there's no more sense of discovery here. It's all now just like work. And it's just, nev- it's, it's not how I engage with games. Like if I want to be exhaustive, I want something like Mario galaxy where it's like, it explains very clearly what I what's left for me to do. Like there's a big day on the floor of Rosalina's like starship that says, "Here's how many stars you got left, fucker," and like, and this is where you're gonna find them. And when a galaxy is completed, it's gonna say, "Galaxy completed." There's no more stars here. And that uh, if I want that, if I want that kind of progression or sense of accomplishment, that's what I want. But in a grand, sprawling open world game, the fact that I have this giant list that says like, "Well, this is what you haven't done yet," then it's just like I don't know. But, but so overall, I re- like each one of those three D Mario games like gives me a little bit. Mario sixty four gives me that childhood glee and wonder again because it's like, oh, it's so simple. Like like the geometric blocks they're building with are so simple. Like it allows your imagination to run wild. Um, and then sunshine gives me like that sense of place and that setting and that like you know it feels like I'm I'm on a tropical vacation. And then galaxy gives me that like very polished like platforming uh, 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 sensibility, a very tactile feel. And they so they all do a little bit different. And it's great to revisit them. Um, and I wish there weren't any motion controls in Mario Galaxy. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a good breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I, I still really <laughs> like it. I, I I'm not in love with it, um, but it makes me appreciate those games more. It's also just a it's a great. It's so weird that they're making this a limited time thing. I don't know it's why. It's Really weird. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I like being able to just sit there and go side by side and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to boot up 64. Like you can, you can clearly tell the differences. You can clearly tell like the jumps they made. It actually made me go back and look at 
Odyssey again. I was like, all right, what did they do in Odyssey? And like, Odyssey, they went back to a full 3D, you know, rotational camera, um, which turns out Mario games didn't have since Mario Sunshine. Like, like I thought, like, it turns out Mario Galaxy has a very limited camera that it wrench, wrenches control from you a lot. Um, so I think my personal favorite is Sunshine. I think Odyssey comes really close. I'm sure a lot of people prefer that over Sunshine, but but yeah. I've been talking a lot like this okay. entire episode. So <laughs> if anyone wants to take the reins here, please. Majora's Mask is pretty cool. <laughs> Um, no, take the reins in a different direction. <laughs> uh, Ocar- Ocarina of Time is all right, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Super Mario Land on the Game Boy. Super Mario Land is great. Fun. Super Mario Land is a lot of fun. Hmm. Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins, also great. I have that one and haven't played it. Super Mario Land 3, Wario Land, the best. Nah, that one doesn't have Daisy, though, does it? No, it has Captain Syrup. Okay, wait. I'm back on board. Let me let me let me give you a let me let me send you a picture of, of Captain Syrup. And see if I Captain Syrup is hot as I'm picturing him. If I've gotten your attention, <laughs> all right. Hold on. I need to know more. I also like the idea of this just being the man. Mario's good, right? Episode. <laughs> Mario's great. Mario's great. Mario's great. Spubby's great. Genshin Impact is anime plus Breath of the Wild, and you know what? That's just fine. This Captain Syrup. Oh, okay, shit. Captain Syrup's pretty great. Captain Syrup's pretty great. This is from wow. Wario Land Shake It, not from the Game Boy Wario Land. This is a really cool um, animation. Oh, yeah. Wario Land. Why, why haven't they made another Wario Land? Is what I ask. Is what I ask of you people. Why aren't they just making Nintendo cartoons? Well, they did that. And then we got We got Uncle Lou Albano going, It's some Mario! Take one step, and then you'll find the do the Mario all together now. And you know, excuse me, princess, and yeah, yeah, bomb shield jumping, and then uh, that Donkey Kong CG show. Oh my god, I remember that. Oh, yeah, Banana Slamma, if you will. Hell yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to talk about, guys? Well. Well, uh, I think we're in the middle of the zeitgeist. So we should take advantage of uh, some trader game talk. Trader, <laughs> trader game talk, huh? This is well. This is what I guess we should we should be calling this new and emerging genre the trader game. The the werewolf, the werewolves, the werewolf likes. Because uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this game Among Us. That's like I don't nothing, know. nothing. Yeah, it's it's weirdly under the radar. It's super niche, uh, but really, really cool. Um, Nelson, have you played any of Among Us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. I feel like we're Let's all say. playing it, but with different friend groups, which makes mm-hmm. me ask, do we not happening. like playing games with one another? <laughs> Other than Valorant. I mean, we'll look, get, you said it, so. We wouldn't get, we'd be called dead playing games with you guys. <laughs> Uh, Among Us is interesting. A game that came out two years ago that, for some reason, took the world by storm. The past a surge of popularity. What was the streamer that played it that got everyone to suddenly look at it? You're asking me to name streamers. I can't. I can't do you're, this. You're right, Nelson. Who was the streamer? <laughs> who? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was man. So I actually played it after I got into 
this this game that I've been playing with other guys. Friends. Guys, I went to Google streamer that made Among Us popular. Yeah. And I went streamer that, and the autocompletes for this are not great. Streamer that said the N word. <laughs> yeah. Streamer, streamer, streamer that threw cat. Oh mm-hmm. right. Streamer that screams. Mm-hmm. Streamer that one. sold bathwater. Mm-hmm. Ah, that one I know. I forgot her name for a really long time. Bella, Bella Define. Bell, just Bell, just Bell. Okay. Uh, well, so I was saying, mm-hmm. I I played this after um I started getting into another game with my friend group called Project Winter, which is also a werewolf like um cooperative, but someone's a traitor and trying to work against you all. Yeah. And there's been some frustration, I'll say, amongst my group of some who are moving to Project Winter because it's cheaper and has a bigger player base. And those of us who are like or sorry, are moving to Among Us because it's cheaper and has a bigger player base. And those of us who who think Project Winter is better. Um but now I've played both. And I can say Project Winter is better. But uh <laughs> <laughs> uh they're both interesting um yeah i think i think they're both doing different things ultimately yeah like they do start in that origin point of being werewolf likes but i don't think they are i don't think they're identical i will say uh my experience with among us is a little hampered by its total lack of polish well that's like a, it's a that's a unity game through and through down to the fact they're using that default ui font but like, there's so many good Unity games. This looks like a Flash game from like '05, uh, <laughs> and plays like one too. Like the collision is bad, and <laughs> collision ain't that bad. I I like kept bumping into corners that like weren't there or Actually, weren't supposed now, to be now there. Now you say that, yeah, I yeah. I did I did run into a corner <laughs> in a very clutch moment and died because of it. Yeah, like like there there's some rough rough bits. Um, I think though the experience is solid the 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 mechanical parody being so minimal um really lends itself to being a much tighter quicker game whereas project winter is a very slow burn of like catharsis and intrigue uh it's cathonic thank you yes 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 cthulhu of course thank you (laughs) professor english um cthulhu (laughs) (laughs) uh that's what i have to say I, i think they're both fairly solid um, I do have to play some more Project Winter just because that that first experience is with a friend group where I only knew like two of the people, and that really limits it. Was that the one I played? No, I don't think you were there. Oh, okay. I don't think I played with you yet. We should fix that. Project Winter? We played together. No, Among Us. You said Project Winter. Fuck yeah! See, I'm it's a weird Freudian slip, man. Uh, I think you do like I... Among Us more. Oh no! Um, there it is. It's happening. <laughs> no, my first Among Us impression um was with a group that I only knew two of the people. So um Project Winter has been solely friends so far. And then me. Um Nelson, <laughs> what do you think of Project I mean what god damn it? What do you think <laughs> of Among Us? What do you think of Among Us? I think Among Us is maybe just not my type of game. You don't like lying? You don't like being a lying liar? No, no, no. I love that part. I do that constantly. (laughs) I think... um, Oh, no. I think there's just something about the... 
This game is a lot like Space Team, where you need at least like two people who know what they're doing and and one person can like maybe host and the other person can help wrangle cats mm-hmm. did you that not, does you not, not work that? in our groups no 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 I, i'd be willing <laughs> we're to, playing to among over. us after like after shots oh well yeah there's your problem it, it's but a, also like if it's a cognitively that's, that's heavy how we want to play the game well i think i think you could be a little inebriated for among us i don't i mean <laughs> i don't know i don't drink so it's, think, it's hard for me to tell I have played Among Us sober and I've played it drunken, and, and I think both are are fine. I just don't think it's my your cuppa. I don't think it's my cuppa. I think it, I think it might be because there are just certain types of party games that I don't like playing. Sure, uh, in general. Um, do you like? Do you like? But lying has nothing to do with it. <laughs> do you like Werewolf <laughs> or like Secret Hitler or Resistance or any Secret games like Hitler's that? good. I like Secret Hitler. I have not played Werewolf. Um, but yeah, like other tabletop games that are like that, or even like uh, Jackbox and stuff like that. Sure. Love those. Yeah. They have that They have that weird, uh, they have a game Jackbox like this. Jackbox has a game just like this. Yeah. yeah they have a, like just... an alien imposter space crew game. Yeah. And then, of course, there's uh, Among Us with Guns.com. Right. <laughs> Unfortunate Spaceman, which we still haven't tried. Which we have not tried. The completing the trifecta of I think um uh what's his face? What's the guy's name? Oshri? D- yeah, I think Dave Oshri mm. uh <laughs> is just getting more and more pissed of people being like, dude, they should do this game, but like in the dead space setting. And he's like, Motherfucker <laughs> Deaderspace.com, check it out. Yeah, like <laughs> it's amazing. Uh but yeah, so I mean I so project winner is interesting because there's there's more you have to do mm-hmm. it's a, it's a longer game like it's a longer match so it's like you're playing these people if if among us among us is like very short and sweet like they both do like you can compare them both to the movie the thing but they both do different things from the thing where like among us is like everyone is like constantly like scared of one another and also it's a sci-fi setting whereas project winner is like set in a like desolate snowy landscape that you're trying to escape Mm -hmm. um but yeah project winner just has you doing a lot more stuff like you have you have you have tasks and stuff to do in among us but it's in a very small environment and they're all like very self-contained mini games yeah Whereas and project like that part, whereas project winner has like you have to like craft stuff, which means you have to gather resources over here and then go over here and then go back to like the the cabin where you all start and, and build a thing to like complete another objective. Then that objective unlocks another objective. And then there's like a timer where it's like, oh, time's up. And now you're all getting randomly teleported to different parts of the map. And like you might be stranded with another person or by yourself. And hey, maybe that other person you're with is the the traitor and they might kill you now since you're both by yourself. Um, and this is all sort of fueled by a we should mention a voiceover ip system yes that is proximity based yes so you only hear players that you're standing nearby which adds uh, to that like why you're not out. playing it in a room mm-hmm. right well i don't think you play this game and i don't think that, there's not local multiplayer in this no. game is there yeah there are rules of how you're supposed to do it if you're in a room but if you're at like a party or whatever we're talking about project winner not among oh, us. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, God, I know keep Among up. Us. Among Us has weird party Again, rules, dude. but I'm still like also. I, I can't decide if it's like cute or kind of a crutch. I don't know. <laughs> Both party rules yeah. like what? Well, in Among Us, you're not supposed to talk until someone declares a meeting. 
Like, mm-hmm. sure. Y- you've mentioned how when you play it in Discord, you guys are having random conversations until the meeting happens. It depends which on. I don't I'm think I could do some um, friend groups. We just bullshit and talk about not what not the game, and exactly. then other other groups were like, yeah, total radio silence. Exactly. I the group I had was like silent until that ended, and it was it was weird. I mean, had a good time, but I, I still sort of felt like, man, I wish. Are we astronauts? Don't we have radios? Like, wouldn't that make more sense? But I, I, you know, the, you think it's too hard designed around that? Somebody I, sabotaged yeah, the comms um, tower, man. But I think it's also you're basing that off of your experience with Project Winter, which does have radios. So, like, yes. you, could, you can find radios in the world that are color coded and tied to a radio of the same color, and you can give it to another person, and be like, "Hey, take this radio." Which right. I don't know why the fuck you didn't use the radio, Alex, when Mickey was killing you. The first <laughs> thing you should have done was radio me and be like, "Ah, Mickey is killing me." I wasn't thinking straight. Also, um, I think when you're dying, you can't use the radio. Oh, and well, like, I mean, before she, before she put you, before she put you prone, before she put you in that dying state. Right. I well, okay. What happened was weird there, where I trusted her right up until she got that last hit in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's too much trust. I know you're married I know, now, I know. but that's it was too bad. much trust. It was it was a rough situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, those. Man, I I like how Project Winter provides a thousand unique avenues for treachery because it's not just among us where you're stand next to someone and you press a button and they're dead. And in Project Winter, you can like set bear traps. Uh, you can place landmines. Find somewhere. more ways to betray your friends. Got exactly. It. Um, Got it. You Back can, of the box. Over a hundred yeah. <laughs> ways to betray your friends. You can poison food and like leave it in the communal chest so that they'll like take it and be like, oh, great, because, you know, I need to carry some food with me for my next task. And then they eat it and they're getting poisoned. They're like, oh, God, what the fuck? And like, they don't know who put it there. And it's interesting. There, I, there's I, I so like many. That. I like yeah. I like I like the depth of the mm-hmm. of the treachery. I think the problem is that with it comes a lot of uh, overcomplication, like the inventory system. I just I think is it's just a lot to deal with and granted I only played what two games so I mean it's 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 not like I haven't played it as much but like an Among Us game a full game um will last like 10 minutes whereas Project Winter is like what half an hour I felt like the average 15? Among Us game I played that night was like three minutes I got through them fast <laughs> were they quick on the side of the imposters or on the side of the actual crewmates I mean, all told, just like from start to finish, games were three to five minutes. Right, but I'm saying, like, were you seeing more imposter wins or more crewmate wins? A lot more imposter wins. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't it's think the crewmates won any of them, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I think it's more with the crewmates, but I've been playing with some seasoned people that like know all the little intricacies of the thing, and you can okay. you can get intricate with it as well. Like you can do things like. Uh, so there are visual tasks, right? So like mm-hmm. everyone has tasks. The imposters have fake tasks that they can do on the ship. Um, there are tasks that are visual in nature, which means when you do them, there is a in the overworld, not in the minigame in the overworld, there is a visual component that will change. There is like a trash shoot where you eject trash out into space. And if you have visual tasks turned on, 
you can be like, okay, this, okay, people think I'm the imposter. Okay, I have this visual task to do. Come with me to where this visual task is and I'll do it. And you can see that I'm doing it, which means I'm not the imposter. Because if I were the imposter, I have fake tasks that I can't actually do. It's just a list of things to be like, hey, go pretend you're doing this. And so you go walk hmm. over to a thing and stand next to it. You don't actually interface with it. You just stand and you think like, okay, I think this is as long as it takes to do this task. But if you turn visual tasks off, then that's all thrown out the window. There's no there's no proof there. Um, you can also turn off like confirmation kills. So like when you vote to eject someone out of the ship, it'll tell you whether or not that person was an imposter. If you turn that off, that raises the stakes. Um, oh, that's cool. It, it's also recommended the more people you play with that you turn that off because like it's really easy to do process of elimination. It's like, all right, well, we think these three people are, are it. There are only two imposters. Let's eject this person. Okay, that was an imposter. We only have one imposter left. It only has to be one of these people. Um that's cool. So there's there's some tweaks in the settings that you can do. I admit they don't make that very clear. So I think it's a lot of uh, inherited knowledge from people that are watching people play the streams and then taking that knowledge and then disseminating it. Um, but I, I like it's. I think it's. I like its zippiness. Like I don't like that Project Winter takes so long to like get itself going. And I think there's a definite the like like that's so valid because I do see that in among us being like easily the the best pick up and play version of this yeah i mean on top of it being way cheaper as well yeah being five (laughs) bucks on pc free on mobile i don't know how you play this thing on mobile it seems like it's weird well, it's also like the UI on the PC version is literally like it looks like a phone UI. It's just the mobile UI, yeah, <laughs> that you just click on. I meant to mention that about Genshin Impact as well, since it's like built for phones. Right, I forgot about that. <laughs> it looks very mobile UI. <laughs> I I kind of want to try it on phones. I want to see if like, I might actually how, do that. How it how it plays because yeah, it's a fully fledged AAA game on there. But yeah, that's Among Us. Uh, the sensation sweeping the virtual nation. <laughs> I like it. I think we should play some more. I think we should get yeah, a, a group I'm, of people. I'm down, and if Nelson, you feel like shedding twenty, twenty five bucks, I forget how much exactly Project uh, Winner is. It's twenty without the it's DLC. Uh, fine, maybe. I don't know. That's up to you. I think <laughs> Among Us is better, but I mean, like, we can, you can, you can try them both out, and we'll see. Oh, I'm, so I, you're now, you're now decided that Among Us is better. I think it oh is just God. because of its speed, okay. just because of its its zippy mm. nature. I'm willing, snappy, it's zippy. Excuse me. I'm willing to play more Project Winner because I think there is something there. I think it just takes me because everyone wants to play the bad guy, right? In these games, because yeah. there's there's more interesting <laughs> things to do. So like the You're fact right. that it takes you longer in a it, it it takes longer to complete a match of Project Winner means there's less opportunities for you to be the betrayer. Um, and I also I told you I, I bumped up the time just because new players I feel like oh, okay. need a bit more time to get used to it. So okay. I think normally it's thirty or twenty minutes for a game. I had bumped it up to forty. Maybe if you shorten that, I'd like it a lot better. What's the okay. minimum you can go? How low can you go? I think twenty. How low can you go? How low can you go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there anything else anyone wants to talk about? Uh nah. let's Save the rest for another episode. All right, we'll table table it for now. Once again, didn't talk about the Apple versus Epic thing. I'll keep saying that at the end of episodes until we get to the Apple versus Epic thing. I guess I can guarantee right. you it will keep going. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like maybe once we wait for the dramatic conclusion, they restrained Apple from blocking Unreal on iOS. Yeah, but not happened. Fortnite. But not Fortnite. No, that yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Well, another oh. another rip roar and good episode. <laughs> Talking about video games. Woo! I have to go check out some Genshin Impact. Nelson has to <laughs> check out some Among Us slash Project Winner. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at G-H-O-D-A-N, wherever flying accounts are had, <laughs> with an underscore on Twitter, and staying safe out in those streets. Maybe maybe inside, maybe not in the streets, maybe inside the houses. Maybe inside, but also occasionally in those streets. <laughs> Nelson, where can people find you? Please don't find me in my streets or also in my own house, but you can find me on the internet at w-h-i-t-t-i dot c-o that's witta.co you can also find me at Whitico on pretty much everything twitter not twitch i've given up on that avenue uh art station dribble such a sad <laughs> what just the just the the outro it's, it's dead just it's dead slowly it's decaying. not the only one <laughs> it's over it's over streaming among us tonight i'm retired 9 p.m eastern <laughs> check them out you can also find me at videogamebook.club. We just finished the Final Fantasy VII episode. Um, we spent maybe a little bit too much time tearing apart the remake. Be surprised by that. I'm kidding. It's a garbage game. People really like that <laughs> remake, man. Uh, I think it's you're in the fucking awful, there. and I don't understand that. But we can talk about that at a different time. I suppose so. Um, well, you can. I f- hope we don't. <laughs> I, I have no interest in returning to that game. Um, <laughs> you can find me, not in the streets, but in my sheets, uh, hey. on Twitter at Dylan Vento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can find them at word-games.com or on Twitter at Word Video Games or whatever. Wherever podcasts are sold, just search Wordcast. Uh, and you can also find our other podcast, Attract Mode. We are slowly wrapping up our Digimon Digithon. We watch seven Digimon movies in a row, and I think I want to die. Woo! I think I want to Digi die. <laughs> Digi die in these streets. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Goodbye.